welcome to Killing It the Crimecast. I'm Lux. And I am Sam. And we're talking about murder. That is what we're talking about today. It's, uh, you know, we're trying to change it up from last time. Is that sarcasm? Yeah, of course it's sarcasm. I was going to say, we're, we're always talking about murder. It's literally about murder. That's the whole podcast. Exactly. Um, first off, though, we have some exciting news. G- give me a little drum roll, Sam. We're going to the British Podcast Awards, not for our podcast, just for funsies. Yeah, we're just going there. <laughs> yeah, that sounded a bit, yeah, that was ambiguous. We have not been nominated. Um, we're just going because it'll be fun. So hit us up if you want to, if you're going and you want to hang out, maybe have yeah, a drink. Yeah, for sure. Although maybe I should probably not drink because I'm going to get so excited, man. You're going to get really like pant wetting I am oh, going to no, cry. That was, that, that I'm going to flood wrong. my basement. Yeah, that sounded <laughs> wrong. I, I meant in the sense of like, you're probably going to be so excited you're going to wet yourself. Oh, I thought you meant like... No, I didn't mean like oh. that. Well, both. Both are applicable because... Yeah, bit of column A, bit of column B. I'm, I cannot wait. I've already planned my outfit. I'm going to look great, you guys. Ugh, it's going to be fantastic. Um, I haven't and probably won't. It's fine, guys. I've already planned his outfit too. Oh my God. Um... So, more exciting news, another drum roll, please. It's our three-year anniversary on Friday. Yeah, yeah. So, Lux and I, as of Friday, will have been together for three years. In the Dayton way. Having sex. Yep. Anyway, so because of that, the case that I've chosen, I'm just going to jump jump right in if that's cool. Yeah, you go first. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you have anything else you need to say? No, we're all good? No, that's about it for housekeeping. Yeah, jump right in then. So the case I've chosen is the case of the lethal lovers in honor of our lethal love. I have, <laughs> I have also chosen a couple. Have you? Yeah. For yes! It, to celebrate our anniversary, I've also chosen to tell you about a couple who murdered. Yes, yes, yes. So you tell, tell me about your murderous couple first. Well, first, I'm actually going to play the game. So the game is I tell you two serial killers and you tell me what you think this person did. Cool. So this is Go. a hybrid from the Moors murderers and Eileen Wernos, hybrid. Imagine those two mushing. Okay, so is is it Eileen Wernos in the sense that they like were drifted travelers? Nope. Okay, okay, hang on, let me guess. So, it's a couple. Uh, there was attempted sexual assault, and in retaliation, they would kill the people who tried to assault them. No. No. Eileen Wernos in the sense that she was a lesbianum. Oh, okay. That's literally it. Serial killer oh. lesbianum, and also like not the most like attractive sort of like a <laughs> so so literally all I would have had to do is you, you didn't even have to be a serial killer it was the Moors murders and an ugly lesbian well yeah but also the Moors murders were like sexually motivated in a way like because well, they both pleaded not guilty you can't really know but there's there were like pornographic photos and stuff taken of their victims okay, so okay well get get uh, get started yeah so um just a bit of a heads up content warning for my one um there's a murderer but it's of elderly women. Ooh. So that's sad. But that's about it. So I'm going to get going. Yeah, get so going. These two ladies were called Gwendolyn Graham and Kathy Wood. And they were lesbians together. And um, they were known as the Lethal Lovers. So Graham was born August 6th, 1963. And Wood was born March 7th, 1962. Which is weird because I always imagined it as one of them was like a lot older. Because there's a lot of aspects of like dominance. Okay. And in cu- in serial killer couples, you tend to have a much older man dominating the younger woman and influencing her. Yeah, there tends to be like a leader and a follower. Yeah, but we'll get there. Okay. There's there's a there's a twist here, so we'll get to that. But 
I find it unusual that they're pretty much the same age. So I couldn't find a lot of background about them, about their lives. So we don't have the cocktail. We don't have arson, you know, killing of animals, anything like that. So it's literally straight into the crimes because I couldn't find anything. Mm -hmm. So... In 1986, Graham moved to Michigan from Texas and she started working as a nurse's aide at the Alpine Manor Nursing Home. Wood was a divorced 450 pound. I don't know why that was. That's relevant. Is that really big? Uh, that's fucking huge. Oh, okay. So that's why it's relevant. Man, that's... That was in like all the reports. That's extremely notable. Okay. All right. That's unbelievable. Hang on. I'm going to do, do a quick... Google. So we live in the UK where pounds are, is just money. <laughs> if like if we started talking about pounds in weight like that'd be a little bit too much yeah she but, weighed uh, as much as 450 pound coins of our money of our money so how much is it in That's kilograms 204 kilograms what the fuck yes oh she huge that's really so i used to be real fat mm. and at my fattest i was 120 wow okie dokie so she was a supervisor at the nursing home so they met each other at the Alpine Was she a manor. supervisor because she could be in every room at once? <laughs> <laughs> I, you've opened up a whole door of fat jokes. I'm yeah, I have. I love it. And I, I, I feel like I can make them. Oh, because she's a murderer. And, yeah, also, and also, I used to be fat and she's a murderer, so fuck her. So, yeah, she was um, she, she was a supervisor. Um, they... <laughs> Are you still laughing at the joke? <laughs> yeah, I'm still laughing at the fact. Quite joke. proud of that. It, that was beautiful. Um, so yeah, they became lovers, at, and um, now the murder starts. So, <laughs> that's that's literally all the background. That's all the background there is. Yeah, I, I wow. searched. I even typed in like the women's names and childhood and background and all of this, and I couldn't find anything. But there is a book that I'm going to talk about later on, which I might read, and I assume that has background in it because it's a whole book. Yeah. Be weird if it didn't. But yeah, the internet had nothing. Anyway, different book. Peter Vronsky has written my favourite true crime book ever. It's called Serial Killers, The Method and Madness of Monsters. It's literally like the true crime bible. It's fucking excellent. And it was a birthday present from Sam, so thank you, Sam. You're welcome. Um, so he says that Graham was dominant. So Wood's the fat one, but Graham's the dominant one, according to Peter Vronsky. And... Graham told Wood that she thought it would be sexually thrilling and it would spice up their love life. And I read one account which said, you know, they got a bit bored of their of their sex life. So in order to spice it up, they thought they should murder patients at the nursing home with initials that would spell out murder. Uh, what? Yeah, can you imagine in the bedroom if you just turned to me and went, so, um, you know what would be sexually thrilling? Let's play a spelling game and do some murder. Nothing sexier than killing and spelling. Man, absolutely I'm sorry. ridiculous. Okay. Although the comparison of like me turning to you in bed and being like, hey, do you want to kill people? Let's play this fucking like weird, messed up, get crossword with people's lives. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure if that's something that a sort of person would say, it's not the same as me turning and saying it to you. It's two real fucked up people. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. That's not, it's not the same thing. It would be ridiculous for us, but I, I guarantee you those two people were like real fucked up. Well, I read an account and I read this whilst I was away and decided to do this murder and I couldn't find it again. But I read an account that was saying that they decided to have a threesome and then something happened with one of the women and they decided to murder the next one or something like that. So it was probably like a gradual idea that they both sort of decided on. But I couldn't, again, I couldn't find that account anywhere afterwards. Mm -hmm. So who knows? 
in any case, they killed five patients and Wood stood guard. So Fatty stood guard as Graham mothered them. Mothered them. Wait, smothered them. To are we just them. going with Fatty stood over them? Well, I mean... Yeah. By the way, I just did a really quick um, Google search yeah. to find things that weighed the same as... Oh, go do it. One. Do it, do I found it, do two, it. which is... Um, it is as heavy as a as a large domestic pig, like a big pig. Oh, that's. It's also as heavy as a dumpster. Okay, yeah. It's also as heavy as a whale's heart, a blue whale's heart. Wowee. Yeah, just some uh, just some fun things that that real fat lady is as fat as. Yeah, so whale heart woman. She um stood guard at the door, and Graham would smother these elderly patients to death. Because they were elderly, the deaths appeared to be natural, so autopsies weren't performed, even though, you know, it's five deaths in a nursing home in the space of, like, two months. I mean, kind of fair enough. You don't know when they're going to die. They're literally there to be cared for until they die. Mm -hmm. So kind of fair enough. But in one account that I read, apparently each of them felt that the murder would prevent the other one of them from leaving as in leaving their relationship. Oh, because they each have like things on the other person. It's like, if you upset me, I'll report yep. that you killed someone. Yeah, oh, so okay, each okay, of them. Okay. So I think they were both like pretty disturbed and pretty needy. And that's coming from me. So, you know. <laughs> um, so that's saying something. And yeah, apparently. So they thought this would cement their bond. And apparently after each smothering, they would immediately go into a vacant room in the nursing home and just bone down. Because it thrilled them wow, so, so much. Wow, so it's, it's very clearly sexually motivated. Very sexually motivated. Yeah, that's literally the whole idea. So they idea. killed five patients? Yeah, they killed five. So they spelt murder. Well, actually, some of the nursing home patients didn't die as easily they'd, as they'd hoped. So I'm guessing Graham tried to smother them and they just passed out and weren't dead. So they gave up on their spelling game because they were like, oh, we've, we've, this is not as easy as we thought. So they just stopped trying. So, yeah, so they gave up because, <laughs> literally because they would shit at murder. I mean, they did do five. Um, and the victims ranged from 65 to 97. Um, all of the victims were elderly women who were incapacitated and had Alzheimer's disease. So they were yeah. really... It's, I feel like it's almost as bad as child murder in the sense of defenseless people. It's it's like angels of death who kill their their patients when they're nurses or doctors. It's just yeah. It's just so I think it adds to the horrifying nature of murder because the victims are so readily available for the killing. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting one, as in their choice of victim, because uh, someone you could have said in the game is Harold Shipman, mm. uh, the English doctor yeah, yeah, yeah. who killed as many as like four hundred. I don't know women. if it was sexual though. That's the thing. no, but like, but he killed four hundred women as a doctor in a hospital while yeah. they were sick and loads of, and he got away with it for ages because they didn't get autopsies yeah yeah, yeah. Like the facts are very similar but it seems to me that killing like a, an old woman with alzheimer's or people who are very frail or young in the case of like the children thing is that it's clearly the thrill the sexual thrill clearly comes from just the act of killing and maybe also the dominance of like your life is literally yeah. in my hands yeah, because absolutely. you can't do anything about it. But also it seems like it's the easiest option. If the thrill is just to murder, that's the easiest true. thing to do. That's like, true. That's the easiest demographic just to kill. Mm. Yeah. You know? Which just makes me hate them more because it's just like you pathetic weaklings. Like yeah. you can't even go and earn your murders. <laughs> no, oh, you oh, know what I mean. You know what I mean. Do I? 
Well, I mean, it's not exactly like they're BTKing it and like stalking their victims and planning it out. Yeah, my bad. That guy was awesome. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean. Anyway, they eventually broke up because Graham began dating another female nurse um, at the Alpine Manor. So at this nursing home, she just decided to sack off Whale Heart Lady and, um, and date somebody else. So she then... So they became like girlfriends and then Graham moved to Texas with her new girlfriend and she began to work at another hospital taking care of infants. Oh. Don't worry. I didn't see anything that said that she killed infants. Okay, that's good. Didn't see anything about that. But I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. So their crimes came to light in 1988 when Wood's ex-husband... Um. I don't know when they divorced. Apparently they divorced before she met Graham, but she told him about the murders that they did. So maybe they stayed friends after the divorce. It could have been amicable. Or maybe she, they could have kept boning. I mean, she, yeah. like, we, we don't know. Um, but anyway, he went to the police because she told him about the murders and he was like, ha ha, cool. And then just beep, boop, beep, beep. That's, what year that's was him this? calling the police. Um, 88. Okay, yeah. What? I'm just laughing at the noise you chose. Well, like, that was the, that's the telephone. Actually, to be fair, that's like pretty good. Uh, yeah, if this was in the 30s, it'd have been like, oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> I'm getting there. Oh, well, you just did three, didn't you? That's enough. Fair point. Nine, one, yeah, one, actually, nine, yeah. nine, nine. And this has been the sound effect podcast. Yeah, telephone welcome. edition. Yeah, telephone edition. Um, so the wait, wait, actually, we did <laughs> telephone edition sounds. Are you ready? Yeah, okay. That was his mouth. How good is that, you guys? Didn't you used to do that on public transport just to piss people off? Yeah, I travelled around Turkey for a bit and every single person had like a knockoff Samsung. So that sound was all I ever heard. And I'd do it in like trains and stuff and literally every single person in the train would pull their phone out. (laughs) It was brilliant. Fantastic. Um, So yeah, they started investigating this and it led to the exhumation of two nursing home victims um, who hadn't been cremated. So... Presumably the other three had been cremated, so there were only two victims that they were allowed to, um, not allowed to, able to um, check up on. So this bit kind of annoys me, and I wish there was more information on it. The medical examination didn't really show any signs of homicide, which isn't unusual for a smothering death, because mm-hmm. it's just you're running out of you yeah, just there's run no out bruises, of there. there's yeah. no strangulation, there's no ligature marks. Yeah, because yeah. strangulation causes blood vessels in your eyes to pop, doesn't mm-hmm. it? But smothering, I assume, is Well, no, less. it does, It does because your body's like fighting to breathe, but like as in, um, it's it's way less evident. Mm, yeah, um, and also after some decay and stuff, I imagine. But anyway, despite the fact that there was no forensic evidence of a homicide on these two bodies, Wood had done some police interviews and she'd confessed. So the medical examiner ruled the two deaths as a homicide based on her confessions. Well, that seems... That's not how science works. No, that's not how it works at all. So I feel like he should have said inconclusive and then it's up to the court to say it was inconclusive, but she's confessed. The the, the coroner is given a specific job and that job is to isolate like a physical cause of death. Yeah, exactly. That really pissed me off. I was like, do your job, man. What the fuck? But anyway, like they definitely got murdered. So it works out either way. Um, so December 5th, 1988, the two were arrested. So, um, Graham who'd moved away was arrested where she had moved to. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously Wood was arrested in the same place. Where did I say they were from again? Michigan. Yep. Um, 
so she decided to go into a plea bargain and she would exchange her testimony against Graham for a lesser sentence. Um, and she said that Graham was the mastermind and she was only the lookout. So she didn't do any of the murders. She was just there for them. And that she was like manipulated by Graham and all of this. That That is incredibly common in um Guess what's about to happen next though. Guess what Graham's going to say. Um, Graham's going to be, at first Graham's going to be like, yeah, yeah, I, I did it all. And then they're going to turn on each other. No, she just does the turning. Well, <laughs> well she can't just do turning well, if she was never facing one way. Uh, yeah, you can't, okay, you can't okay, turn okay, away, okay, okay. You can't turn away from being friends to enemies if you were never friends. Sorry, Mr. Pedantic. It's just like, so we're going like, we're enemies now because we were enemies before. So, yeah. uh, okay. All right, all right. My, my phrasing was, was I was poorly phrased. Anyhow. Your phrasing was poorly phrased. Sorry. <laughs> Can I just... Sorry, that was poorly phrased. I know Please it go was. On. Um, so yeah, Graham actually claimed the opposite. She said that Wood was responsible and that she, Graham was manipulated into being an accomplice. Um, and Graham actually maintained her innocence and testified that Wood was just playing a mind game and that she didn't do any of the murders. Um, yeah. And at some point, like, I think she said also that like, she, the murders didn't even happen. Basically, the Wood was just playing a game. Um, and despite the the contrasting testimonies, despite the fact that two people are saying completely different things and there's no physical evidence, and the coroner didn't even say that they were actual homicides, the jury was swayed by the testimony of Graham's new girlfriend, who said that she had also told, been told about the five murders, so Wood's gone off and told her ex-husband about them and Graham's gone off and told her new girlfriend about them. So now both of these people are testifying and saying, yeah, they told me that they did these things. Right. So that that's pretty damning to be fair. Um, especially since like the two of them didn't didn't know each other as in like the ex-husband and the new girlfriend didn't know each other. So like... Yeah, they didn't conspire together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, they were swayed and um, yeah, they were they were guilty. Um, Graham was convicted of five counts of murder and one count of conspiracy to commit murder, and she was sentenced to five life sentences without the possibility of parole. This does seem, you're right, this does seem like incredibly fragile evidence to convict someone of five life sentences. I agree, especially for what's going to come next. You wait for it, boy. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. So Wood, because of her testimony, she was um, she pleaded guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to forty years in prison. And she's been eligible for parole since two thousand and five. Okay. But as far as I know, she remains imprisoned in Tallahassee, um, and she's she's got a release date of June sixth, twenty twenty one. So soon. Well, that's I mean, yeah, that's pretty damn soon. Yeah. Um, now here's the twist. So Lowell. Corfiel, I don't know, um, wrote a book called Forever in Five Days. He has this theory that would... So, okay, so remember, Graham's Graham's the, the girlfriend having one and Wood's the fatty. And so far we've said that... I'm, I mean, it's just easier to differentiate. Um, and I've just... And so far we've said that Graham has been the mastermind and Wood pleaded guilty and got a lesser charge because she testified that Graham did all of the murders and she was just a lookout. Yeah. Here's a new theory. It was that Wood was actually a manipulative psychopath who managed to manipulate everyone around her. So the, including Graham, the prosecution and the jury and was the mastermind behind all of the murders. Oh, my God. People who knew Graham and Wood, um, 
they just they didn't describe graham as the manipulative one they said that wood was coercive and seductive and a pathological liar um so that's testimony from from people who knew both of them so that goes against what she was saying that uh, about graham being the one that is manipulative and whatever mm -hmm. um and apparently Wood planned the first murder after she found Graham sleeping with another woman. And she involved Graham in the murder so that Graham couldn't leave her. So the whole mutually securing of their relationship by doing a murder together wasn't actually the case. It, it was, was one way. It was one way. Um, and then when Graham left her anyway, Wood was like, I'm gonna fuck you up. And so she you know, told her her ex-husband, knowing that he'd go to the police and knowing that she'd be able to, even if she went to prison as well, at least Graham would be in prison too. Oh my God. Yep. So also psychological testing revealed that Graham could easily be manipulated and she suffered from borderline personality disorder, which, hello, same. And I can testify, yes, it does make us easy to manipulate. And it also makes us like, again- No, like, it doesn't. Oh, you're right, it doesn't. <laughs> um and it also makes us like super needy and dependent and it, it also comes with abandonment issues so i can totally see graham going along with woods murdering spree yeah at the risk of sort of painting all people with bpd with a with a long brush those are with a th those are like characteristics of those illnesses exactly. like, some people may not express those uh particular um symptoms but like they are quite common yeah exactly so i i can see that 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 just adds into this whole conspiracy yeah. theory um, and apparently she lacked the sophistication to plan the series of killings, which is a really nice way of saying she dumb. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that is a nice way of lacked saying you're dumb. Lacked the sophistication. It's also how you call someone dumb in front of them, but they're so dumb they don't know how, that you're saying that. <laughs> yeah. Lack it's the like sophistication. And they're just like, that was a big word. <laughs> Damn big words. I love it. Why, oh, ooh, that was bad. We both did Southern accents. Yeah, we too. both. That's that's. By the way, that's just like what we assume is, like that's like a dumb, that's an English stereotype. That southern like, southern Americans people are quite are. dumb, but it's it's not founded. It's just for some reason we've been exposed to certain media that makes us think that that's the case. I think it's the whole like sitting on the porch, drinking a bottle that says X on it, having no teeth, and wearing dungarees and sleeping with your sister. That sounds less like the cause and more like the product of our no, 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 but casual <laughs> xenophobia. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. That's like what we've been exposed to. Like, um, who's that guy from The Simpsons? The one who is exactly oh, Cletus. Cletus. Yeah, exactly. That's like yeah. you see that all the time. Anywho, um, there's just two more things on this case and then I'll be done. Yeah, go, um, please. Apparently, when Wood... So remember, Wood got 40 years in prison. She told inmates two different versions of events. So after she'd done this trial and everything, she said she had two stories. First story is that she made the whole thing up. There were no murders in the first place. She just wanted to put Graham away for life because Graham had left her for another woman. Then she told a second story, which was that Wood herself had done all of the murders and framed Graham for revenge for leaving her for another woman. Jesus. So either way, wh whatever she's telling inmates, Graham didn't do killings. She didn't do it. She wasn't the mastermind. Oh my God. Plus, I mean, the amount of evidence that like wasn't there. So fragile. That's quite easy to believe. The only thing is the testimony. And, you know, I didn't find detail. I didn't find like a transcript or anything of what Graham's girlfriend said, but it could very well be, she said she was involved in five murders, which meant she was the lookout, which is what Wood claimed yeah. that, she, that she was doing. Maybe it was actually Graham who was the lookout. We don't know. Um, 
you know, or, you know, at the old nursing home I was in, yeah, I was involved in, in a killing that happened or something because there was definitely one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's all fucked up. And several of the families sued the owners of Alpine Manor for hiring dangerous and unbalanced employees, which is fair enough. I mean... Fair play, yeah. Also, they're fucking in the nursing home. They'd kill people and then go and fuck in the nursing home. So, like, at the very least, people are having sex on shift in a bedroom that is going to be housing an elderly woman. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I mean that's a fireable offence I mean, in itself, I feel like, it? for me, that's not the big problem. Well, well, no, you know, but I'm just saying, even if they didn't know about the murders... If I was given the choice of my employees either, like, fucking in a room or killing in a room... You want them to be fucking, yeah. I'd rather they were fucking. But they did both. Huh, nice. So What? Oh, my God. So since since these families sued Alpine Manor, it's it went out of business, but it's been replaced... With a new nursing home called Sanctuary at St. Mary's. So the building is still a nursing home, which I feel is kind of, you know, when there's like a big murder house and they just burn it down, they just demolish it because it's like, this is just too disgusting to keep in our in our town. Nope. And they didn't even change it into like a Walmart or anything. They I'm going to de- defend that. Really? When there's like a murder house, think the H.H. Holmes Hotel, right? The massive hotel that was purpose-built to kill people. Didn't they demolish that? Yeah, they did demolish it. Yeah. Because it was purpose-built to kill people. Well. Whereas a nursing home, and it's not just like a house, there are other houses, whereas I'm sure this is like a small area, there's a big nursing home with a big amount of land. What, some people killed some people in it? Yeah, I mean, you can keep it a nursing home. I I think that's okay. I don't think that's too bad. I guess. I mean, it's- But imagine knowing that your grandma was in the nursing home where elderly women were murdered. I mean, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's still kind of creepy. Like, in an ideal world, there wouldn't have been any murders. But I think with a house... But then we'd be out of business, Sam. Yeah, yeah fair play. <laughs> anyway, that's my case. I think that was really, really interesting. Yeah. Is the classic, like, angel of death, but not... An angel of death is a sympathetic killer. Or a killer who just enjoys, like, the control. Sometimes there's a sexual element. Like, um, who was that original one who did the... Um, she'd get, like she'd get her jollies out of making them almost die and then reviving them and then she'd like climax when they actually died eventually i don't know that one oh, it was pre- like the very first though. one it was like a victorian one like oh ver- one of the very first angels of death that sounds pretty crazy yeah I've well no 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 angel of death is a very specific phrase angel of death is a woman who goes around uh, normally a woman who goes around a hospital and will kill patients who are in a lot of pain yeah yeah, yeah. that's specifically what an angel of death is like you can't say just because someone kills no, but that people sounds who are just sick like euthanasia Whereas Angels of Death do it because they enjoy it. No, no, no. An Angel of Death does it for that purpose. It's it's an angel of... The the Angel of Death is like the gift of death. No, I thought it was like like a joke. No, no, no. The naming the serial killer isn't like a joke. Black Widow, that's kind of funny because the spiders. I mean, that's that's more of a pun, not necessarily a funny pun. Right, so should I I start with my story now? Yeah, boy. Do it. Right, so my story is a couple... A killing couple. Yay. And I'm very excited by this. So it's the couple uh, Charles Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugate. Okay. I've not heard of these people. Mm, I'm yeah. very excited. So uh, these are my real quick content warnings up front. Um, there's, a li- there's, a, there's a little bit of child murder. Just a little bit. And a bit of uh, animal abuse. They are a spree-killing couple who killed 11 people over two months. Woo! They're between- busy bees. Yeah, very, very busy. 
between uh, 19 between December 1957 and January 1958. So literally just two months at the end of a year. Wowie. <coughs> Over Christmas as well. I know. Horrible. Horrifying. So um, we're mainly going to be focusing on, um, on a Charles... Oh. I was going to say, let me guess, the man. On Charles Starkweather. Yeah, 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 potentially. Well, there's some conflicting stuff. It's oh, quite interesting. Conspiracy. Quite similar to yours. So Charles uh, was born in Lincoln, Nebraska in 1938 to a working class family. Uh, not a lot is known about his home life, but we know that it was like not abusive or bad. Just like a nice Just life. a regular Joe. Uh, his dad was a carpenter who worked part time due to arthritis in Just his Just like Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Um, okay, all right. <laughs> I'm going to let you laugh that one out. Yeah. Um, his father was a carpenter who worked part-time due to arthritis in his hands, and his mother would work as a, as a waitress to keep the family going. Mm. Um, Did he have siblings? He had six siblings. <laughs> yeah, big, big family. That's where uh, he gets his busy bee jeans from. Which suggests it was probably quite a religious family, uh, probably a Catholic family. Okay. Uh, based on, like, the time period and the number of children, probably not big fans of contraception. Uh, Every sperm is, is sacred. sacred. Absolutely. <laughs> what, a, what a song. Monty Python. Um, so yeah, his home life was described very positively by himself. Like he himself says, yeah, it was fine. It was, uh, he was described as being very well behaved and fun loving. Okay. Like a nice kid. Uh, his school life, however, was not quite as nice. I was going to say, there's something fucked up but, about his But job. no, like not, oh. not that bad. Like it sounds, you know, he got bullied a little bit and he became a bit of an asshole. But like it, it just... His school life just wasn't great. Okay. That's it. Like, he wasn't abused. There weren't, like, any horrific, life-changing events. Um, so he had a speech impediment, which meant, you know, he got teased by his classmates. Yeah. But this led to him being more of a... like. This led to him retaliating by becoming a bully rather than, like... That's just, really common. Yeah, very common. He got bullied, so he started bullying weaker kids around him. Um, the only subject... He wasn't very... He wasn't super intelligent, really. Let's putting it lightly. Mm-hmm. The only subject he lacked with a, sophistication. Yeah, he lacked sophistication. <laughs> um, the only subject he excelled at was uh, gym or PE in the UK. So basically, the period where you get to fuck about and just run around. Now that was just you, mate. He could run real good. Oh, babe, I didn't run hard. around in PE. You, <laughs> you must have me mistaken. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, he found that he could use his physicality to like be- beat other kids, mm-hmm. like and best them and become better. Um, he clearly found comfort in using his like physical presence to beat and bully other kids because he wanted to be better than everyone. That's something that's going to come up. Or it wasn't just that he wanted to be better than everyone; he didn't want people to be better than him. Wait a second! I might have heard of these. Can I just take a gander? Go. So again, in Method of Madness, Method and Madness of Monsters, they were talking about. Um, well, Peter was Peter Voronsky was talking about the the serial killer couple who the man spoke to the woman and was like, "Let's show everyone how much better we are than them by committing the perfect murder." No. Ah, right. Never mind. No, it wasn't that one. That one sounds mad interesting, though. You should definitely do that. Maybe. Um, so yeah, it, it, this is backed up by a quote from a high school friend uh, named Bob von Bush. Bob Von Bush. What a great name. That's fantastic. So, so they're from like Wyoming, ne- Nebraska sort of area. So I'm not really sure what that accent is. I imagine it's like very North America, right? So it's like like almost like Minnesota. Oh, that's like. what I was thinking. Like, yeah, like if you so, go Minnesotan, it shouldn't be too so far So Bob Von Bo- Bob Von Bush. It's just like, he could be the kindest person you've ever seen. He'd do anything for you if he liked you. He was a hell of a lot of fun to be around too. Uh, everything was just one big joke to him. 
But he had this other side. <laughs> he could be mean as hell, cruel. If he saw some poor guy on the street who was bigger than he was, better looking or better dressed, he'd take that poor bastard down to his size. It went kind of Irish at the end. But. It did, but also, side note, if you're loving Sam's Minnesotan accent, listen to Wine and Crime. Nice pop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great true crime oh, podcast. Oh, nice one. Nice pop. Yeah. But basically, he clearly had a complex that meant that he was like really insecure and he felt the need to either be better than everyone or at the very least not have them be better than him. Right. And he found violence as like a really good way to do this. So uh, I'm going to skip ahead a few years and we're going to get to 1956 when Starkweather was 18. Mm -hmm. uh, he is now introduced to the person who had become his partner in crime for his murder spree. And Carol partner in life. Oh, adorable. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Carol Ann Fugate. Uh, but this is kind of depending on who you listen to. Um, Carol Ann retains that she was a fearful hostage who like went along with Starkweather's madness. <coughs> Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you'll see, she does not seem to be entirely innocent, according yeah. to everyone. Same with so, the Moore's murders, so mm -hmm. you could have used Absolutely, that comparison yeah. as well. Uh, he was introduced to 13-year-old Carol Ann by her older sister. And he's 18. He's, uh, he's 18 and she's 13, yeah. Mm. Oh. Um... By his older sister, who was the ex-girlfriend of Starkweather. Uh, unsurprisingly, she chose to end their relationship. But they maintained friends to the point where she introduced him, him to her younger sister. Like, thinking that they should get together, or...? I highly doubt it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, as that's her some... As you all find out that Caroline's entire family were like, we're not okay with you dating our daughter. Okay, thank God. Um, so Fugate and Starkweather immediately hit it off. Um, after high school, Starkweather got a job at a Western Union newspaper warehouse, specifically because it was close to Fugate's school. Yeah. Ew. Uh, little fun fact. Uh, his warehouse manager is quoted as saying, sometimes you'd have to tell him something two or three times. All of, the, of all the employees in the warehouse, he was the dumbest man we had. <laughs> I love that. Just like he... <laughs> Just straight up. Yeah, he was an idiot. He was slower than a snail with an elastic band around his ass. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know about similes in this area. Um, Starkweather taught Fugate how to drive, but clearly not very well as she crashed his car into another car. Uh, then again, she's fucking 13. Yeah. So like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold too much resentment for her quality of driving. Yeah. I mean, also driving is hard, man. Yeah. And she's 13. Like you can't drive either. So I'm not gonna I mean, be annoyed. We can't it's judge like, there. That's like me getting annoyed at a horse because it can't use chopsticks. It's like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect you to be able to. Um, Starkweather's father paid for the damages reluctantly, as the car was technically registered to him. Uh, this caused a massive argument in the Starkweather household, and his f and resulted in uh, Charles being banished from his home. Over a car. I, I, this kid's a bully. Going out with a 13-year-old girl. Well, yeah. That was probably the, the straw, the catalyst, mm. you know? Um, so Starkweather eventually left his warehouse job to become a garbage collector or a bin man. Trash man. Uh, in, Amer in in England. Which I think, I, I don't know why, like, I was trying to think of other examples. I don't know if you can help, but like garbage collector in England just sounds like our, our version of garbage collector. Because garbage collector is a very, like, that's a very clear term. Mm. That's you collect garbage. Whereas in England, it's just like a bin man. <laughs> a man a with ma bins. A man for the bins. <laughs> uh, uh, bin man. Also, what if you're a woman garbage collector? Just they're like, I'm a bin. Well, if you're a woman garbage collector, they're like, I collect garbage. Well, I know. But if I'm you're in a, I'm a bin man. 
Also, in person. Can I just say how much this is reminding me of Danny DeVito and always standing like, I'm the trash man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just imagining this prick going around like, I'm the trash man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he definitely was a prick. So um, Starkweather became quite depressed uh, because of um, his really crappy job. And uh, this really fed into his, like, he, he developed. His trashy like, job. <laughs> he developed like a sort of nihilistic belief system. Uh, he began to believe that nothing had meaning. And that the point he was currently at is how his life would continue to be unless he did something about it. I'm sorry, this isn't a 16-year-old reading Camus or Nietzsche. Like, well, okay, look, grow up. Like, I, I kind of agree. I agree with the nihilistic principles that he's talking about. Like, there isn't a meaning to the position you're in in life and fate isn't going to, like, propel you forward. You are in control of it. Now, I respect that. I mean, yeah, but... But, but I disagree on how he decided to, like go about changing his life well yeah i'm assuming the um, murder start he used well very soon he used his garbage route to plan bank robberies oh and uh finally decided upon his personal mantra which and i think this is so interesting okay uh dead people are all on the same level oh shit. which comes right back to the whole idea of him being like every, no one can be better than me you know if you're shit. dead you're all on the same level it doesn't matter if you're like smart funny intelligent doesn't matter that's something that like true crime fanatic would get tattooed on them or something. Yeah. That's an awesome catchphrase. It's an awesome catchphrase. Um, you know, it completely conforms to the theory that he just like wants everyone to be at the same level. He, or, or, well, not the same level. He's not an egalitarian. He just wants to be like the best. Yeah. And no one can be better. Yeah. Um, so with his newfound super depressing nihilistic life goals, he moved on to his first murder. Uh, so his, this murder was at the beginning of the spree, which would eventually take 11 lives. Uh, in late 1957, Starkweather had an argument with a service station attendant named Robert Covert because Robert refused to sell him a stuffed animal on credit. Right. So essentially, a very creepy 20-year-old wanders in, demands that Robert give him a stuffed animal, essentially for, for free. For his 15-year-old girlfriend, I'm assuming. No, 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 she wasn't there for this one. No, but why would he buy a stuffed animal if it was not to give oh, for his her. child yeah. bride? Oh, for sure, for his child bride. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, so eventually, after being shunned by this awful man robert covert who demanded money for a product ain't no shop just get your shit together robert <laughs> eventually starkweather brought out i'm being very facetious oh yeah we are we are r.i.p all right eventually starkweather brought out a shotgun and demanded that covert give him a hundred dollars and made him get into his car Starkweather drove them to a remote location, and after a brief struggle over the gun, Starkweather shot Covert in the head. Did he get the money? Yeah. So just leave the man alone? Nope. Obviously not. He, he, he's ready for this, and you'll see in a second. He immediately went home and confessed to Carol Ann that he had stolen the money, but that someone else had killed Robert Covert. Right. Um, Starkweather later claimed that after this murder, he had believed he had transcended his former self, reaching a new plane of existence in which he was outside the law, and could commit any crime without guilt or fear of punishment. Oh, 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 what like, a piece of shit. What a massive dick. Yeah. Just like, I, I like I respect that because, you know, I like I like the way it's phrased. I think that's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's just such a massive asshole. So we cut to January 1958. Uh, this is when the spree like really gets going. So how long has it been since the first one in the spree? About a month. Right, all okay. of it, Pretty much all of it happened in the second month. So but 10 in one month, basically. 10 in one month, one in the month before. Shit me. Uh, Starkweather goes to the Fugate family home, but Carol Ann was not there. Her mother and stepfather, 
who actively did not like Starkweather, told him to stay away. Side note, they had great names. Uh, Velda and Marion Bartlett. Ooh, hello. Velda and Velda Bartlett. Marion. Marion Bartlett. Not Marion as in Maid Marion. Oh. Marion as in Mario with the letter N at the end. Like Marion. No, you'd still pronounce Marion. Yeah, I know. It's still cool, though. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, Starkweather, with his new transcendent self, with uh, audible air quotes, killed both Velda and Marion by shooting them with his shotgun. Uh, this is bad. He then killed their two-year-old daughter. No! Yeah, Betty Jean, by strangling and stabbing her. Betty Jean Bartlett. Yeah, it was really sad. Uh, this is a big moment in the sort of serial spree killer psychology. Previously, he'd been very separated from the murders, killing with a gun. Mm. And uh, they're normally not... Serial killers and spree killers... Well, spree killers do, but serial killers don't normally use guns. Yeah. Um, Unless you're Arlene Wernos. Yeah, but I mean... Or, or Son of Sam. But like those are specific cases where they had internal things. Like, so if, if you believe Eileen Wernos, it's because she was so physically outmatched by the people she was killing. Mm. And Son of Sam, if you believe him, it's because he was trained with it and he felt comfortable holding it. Like, mm -hmm. things like that. There are always reasons. Um, but Starkweather was definitely like distancing himself from murder. But strangling is very telling about what sort of person he was. Did he strangle the fucking baby? Yes. He strangled and stabbed her. Oh. It's such an intimate way to murder someone. Also, oh, there's that theory about stabbing that it's like an in and out motion and it's sort of phallic. That's that's a bit too Freudian for me. I'm not a big fan of that I one. mean, it's come up in quite a few things that we've looked at. Yeah, like I guess. Over our but then again, we look at murder and stabbing is common. So, I mean, that weird theory is probably going to come up a lot. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Caroline came home and she helped Starkweather hide the bodies in the house. What the fuck? So, she comes home and she's just, she's just like, Her half, hey, yeah. hey, babe, Everyone here is dead, and they're my relatives. Her mum, her stepdad, and her half-sister. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, they remained in the house for almost an entire week. Uh, they covered for the murders by saying the rest of the family were in bed with the flu. And what and, did they say the smell was? Uh, I don't know. But they're, they're, uh, they probably just went like... Uh, they probably just opened the door a little bit and just went... Uh, uh, flu. Bang. I just farted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, flu. I farted. Watch out. <laughs> I'd give it a minute. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically... Until their suspicious grandmother called the police. Uh, but by the time the police arrived, the murderous couple had disappeared. They then went to Starkweather's friend, August Meyer. Another great name. There's a lot of good names in this mm, one. There are. Uh, presumably to ask for help. To be like, help us get away. Uh, August Meyer presumably refused. Good and, uh, girl. I think August is a, is a gentleman. I G yeah. Gender is a social construct, Dan, actually. I mean, so. you may be right, but... <laughs> I does it doesn't matter because um, all people are on the same level when they're dead. Did they kill August? Yeah, they killed August. Oh, um, Jesus! Starkweather shot him in the head with a shotgun, and he also killed Maya's dog. What breed? I I whether it said I purposefully wouldn't have told you because I know it would make you really sad. Yeah. Uh, they fled the area in Starkweather's car before driving the car into mud and they had to abandon the vehicle. Oh my God, they're so dumb. They're so bad at driving. Also, just steal the dog. Then you get a cute little friend on the way. That's a terrible idea. It's a great idea. It's not a good idea. Do you remember that Forensic Files episode? Yeah, you steal the dog. Okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Uh, two local teenagers, Robert Jensen and Carol King, stopped to offer them a lift. Uh, Starkweather forced them to drive to an abandoned storm cellar in Bennett nearby where he shot Jensen in the back of the head. Mm. He attempted to uh, sexually assault Carol King but was unable to do so. 
couldn't get it up or pretty much yeah. yeah which suggests some form of impotence impotent which, rage yeah pretty much he became very angry with him with literal impotent rage mm. uh, because of this and he fatally shot her and so can i just say here, i'm so sorry but he's already an asshole because he's a murderer but now he's trying to rape someone in front of his girlfriend like that's just lads and he's killed a dog and a baby he's just he is not getting better no. with next, age. Next time when you're listing horrible crimes, put the baby above the dog. What? <laughs> just, for, <laughs> just for future, because I know... It was the freshest in my mind. Uh, yeah, that shouldn't have been. I'm joking. I guarantee it was the freshest on like everyone listing's mind. I know. Um, <clears throat> so this is where a bit of conjecture comes in. Starkweather admits to shooting Jensen, but claims that Carol Ann shot King. Right. Supposedly out of jealousy. Right. Because of the attempted sexual assault. Uh, the two of them then fled in Jensen's car. After this, they drove to a very wealthy area in Lincoln, Nebraska, where they broke into the home of C. Lauer Ward. These names, man. Right? And his wife, Clara. Clara Ward and C. Lauer Ward. Um, so when they arrived, only Clara and the couple's maid were in the house at the time and both were stabbed to death. Mm. Again, more conjecture, but Starkweather says that he killed the maid and he threw a knife at Clara, but didn't kill her. It was Carol Ann who was the one who inflicted the fatal knife wounds and who was responsible for the knife wounds that are found. Why at the is he even bothering at this point? Like, he's already done a bunch of murders. Why is he like, I didn't do that one? Yeah, I will explain that in a oh, little bit. Okay. Uh, Starkweather also admitted to breaking the neck of the family dog. What the fuck? It's still happening, man. I don't know why he's just decided that this is what should happen. If he had just stolen the dogs, now he would have two dogs and his life would be presumably a tiny bit better than this squalid existence. I'm so upset, I can't talk. Maybe he thought the dogs were better than him because they had more legs. <laughs> and he was just like... In death, everyone is on the same level. He was worried about his masculinity because he wasn't a very yeah. hairy guy and all yeah, these he hairy a, creatures yeah, I mean, were pissing like, him off. So I can't even grow a beard. <laughs> stabby, stabby, neck breaking. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Uh, <laughs> when when uh, C. Lauer Ward returned home, he was immediately shot in the head. So Oh, so, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought um, he might have evaded. No. Okay. After which the pair filled Ward's car with stolen jewellery and fled Nebraska. So currently the death count is at 10. Including the one that they did in December. Including that one, yeah. Um, so this is something that like is kind of interesting, and I will come back to this later, because this is one of the reasons I find this so interesting. Okay. Uh, the murders of the wards was like huge news, and it caused an uproar like all over the county. Uh, police went from door to door in pretty much every home in the area to find the killers. The governor contacted the, national, uh, the Nebraskan National Guard and the chief of police to organize a block-by-block -block search of the city. See, this is what happens when rich, presumably white people literally, die. You like you you read my notes. Yeah, literally, like that's what happens when rich white people die. Imagine if it was a poor African American couple. It just like, it, none of this would be happening. No. It is despicable. Um, it is absolutely horrific. But I mean, like, I'm glad it happened. Yeah, because mur murder is still murder. It still needs to be investigated. It's yeah. just it sucks that we know that they were. You didn't yeah, tell me they were white. Know. I knew they were white. You knew they were. Like you didn't even need to. Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. Um, so several sightings were reported and the Lincoln Police Department were criticised for their inability to catch the pair. Oh. They're um, doing a great job. I mean... Uh, not great. 
I mean, they, they they're have, taking it really seriously. They, yeah, they are taking it really seriously, but they have every resource available and they're not finding them. It depends how you look at it. Yeah, they're doing okay. Uh, because of all the press, Starkweather and Fugate needed a new car. So they found a traveling salesman named Merle Collison. Again. Man, these names are so sick. Merle. Merle Collison. Sleeping in his car along a highway outside Douglas, Wyoming. They woke him up and shot him, but he did not die immediately. Oh, God. Again, this is another bit of conjecture. Starkweather claims that Fugate killed Collison while he was lying wounded. Uh, Starkweather later said that Fugate was, quote, the most trigger-happy person I have ever met. So talking about his young female girl, his young girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Fugate denies this, but Starkweather is adamant that she is just as dangerous as he is. I mean, 15-year-olds tend to be quite... You know, I grew up with guns and we loved shooting. Yeah, but not people. No. Fair. But you can still yeah. describe us as trigger happy. I, I mean, I guess. I just mean, not murderous. <laughs> I'm still I'm still kind of on this girl's side just because of how young she is. I understand. Okay, so, I understand. I understand. But I don't believe that a person can have this level of control over someone without them being kind of okay with it. I mean, yeah. I just don't think that's possible. Like, he literally... Like, oh, hang on, we'll get onto it. We'll okay, get onto yeah, it. yeah, we'll get there. Uh, Collison's car had a, had a parking brake, which is something that Starkweather was not used to because uh, Americans and their automatic cars, which is just like big go-karts. Like, yeah, literally. Go, stop, backwards. And that's about it. Um, <laughs> backwards. <laughs> it's not even reverse in America. It's just backwards. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's go, stop, go other way. Um... So when he when he tried to start the car, it stalled like multiple times. Um, while while this was happening, a passing motorist stopped to help. No, 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 no. Yeah. Starkweather threatened the driver with a rifle, and a fight ensued. Uh, just as this was happening, a deputy sheriff from the Wyoming police happened to drive past and stopped to deal with the situation. Yes. Fugate ran out of the car and yelled, "It's Starkweather! He's going to kill me!" Yeah. Right? Again, this makes me have some Hang sort on. of... Hang on, we'll get there, we'll get there. Starkweather finally got the car started and tried to evade the police, reaching 100 miles per hour speeds and attempting to do so. Uh, a bullet fired at his car, smashed some glass and cut Starkweather deeply, so he pulled over and surrendered. I love this quote. The county sheriff is quoted as saying, he thought he was bleeding to death. That's why he stopped. That's the kind of yellow son of a bitch he is. Nice! I love that. I love that so much. Uh, Fugate was obviously caught immediately. Mm. Um, and with this, the 11 victim murder spree came to an end. That was the last murder, the traveling salesman. Okay, let's get to this girl. The trial. Here Ugh. we go. No, this is part of it. No, I know, I know. I, I do want to so, hear all of it. Both Starkweather and Fugate were trialed in Nebraska. Initially, Starkweather claimed he had kidnapped Fugate and she had nothing to do with any of the murders. And then he goes back on it. However, exactly. He changed his story later and finally testified at her trial that she was a very willing participant. This is like the the Sophie Leonette case where the, Exactly. The yeah. one you did in the mini episode. And also the one I covered last week. And any the time beginning. that there are pairs, mm. it's always like we're in this together until they realise that no, we're not in this together. And you know, I was thinking the reason that it probably didn't happen in my case is because Wood probably did it all and framed Graham. Yeah. And so Graham didn't ha didn't have a story to start yeah, with. Yeah, you don't you can't lean on something. Yeah. So I think this is the thing that sways me. To think that she was in fact as murderous as he was. Okay. So this happens a lot where two people will have a deal like this 
And my belief is that when the police arrived at the scene of the last murder, Fugate carried out a predetermined plan to pretend that she was a hostage if it looked like they were going to get caught. Oh, they planned it. I, that's, I, that's what I think. Okay. Because um, after the trial started, obviously something happened and changed Starkweather's opinion of Fugate. And he decided like not to cover for her anymore. Because like, okay, so you may disagree. Or he decided to make shit up. Yeah, or the thing is, you may disagree, but the judge, given all of the information, explicitly said that she had ample opportunity to escape. If he, if she but was a hostage... So, but so do victims of abuse, and they don't, because whilst they physically do have opportunity to escape, they emotionally can't. So just because the, like, she physically could have... I'm just playing devil's advocate. I understand you're playing devil's advocate, but I don't think that's the case. Okay. This girl is 15. I understand he's a position of authority, but he's a fucking shitty teenager. You know, he's not a, ma a huge man with like this dominant force, you know? Counterpoint. She's been dating him since she was 13. There's a reason that your first relationship tends to be shitty. You haven't had one before. You don't know what's acceptable and what's not, especially with man-woman relationships. A 13-year-old girl with a guy that's five years older than her, if he's like, yeah, doing it in the butt is normal, you're a pussy if you don't do it, she's going to be like, okay, because she thinks that that's normal. So if he goes, yeah, we're going to do this and that's what we're doing now, after two years of him being the only thing she knows about relationships, maybe she goes along with it. I guess, but I, I don't know if this the is me. The butt thing, by the way, was pulled out of thin air. Like yeah, yeah. that's just, I don't know, an example. Although, although that's a good example of like that sort of peer pressure. Like that, it's genuinely a case that I'm sure happens to some people. Yeah, it's just I don't think. I think at that age, you are aware enough to know whether you want to be a part of this or not. And I given mean, given a huge amount of time to potentially escape, and she didn't even try ever. I dated a guy for a year and a half whilst he was in love with my bitch of an ex-best friend. And I knew it. And I carried on dating him because he was my first relationship and I thought it was normal. That is not the same thing. I mean, it's not the as same being, as murder, but it's just... As being held hostage. No, but I'm not saying she's held hostage. I'm saying she probably was heavily influenced by him. This is getting heated. Woo! She was probably heavily influenced by him because she was so young when their relationship started and because he was the only relationship she has had. I don't think so. Okay. I completely disagree. Well, you've, you've done most of the research, I so you know what, not, I can see. Yeah, I do not think that an individual like that can have this level of like completely all overwhelming power. Especially since, think about what you're saying. Your argument is that she just trusted that this was normal. Mm. But, well, no, you trusted that this was normal because that's the whole point. You're saying that it's her first relationship. She trusts him and she's going, okay, this is okay. Everything's okay. No, right? no, 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 no. When the, in the first, the first altercation they have with the police, she immediately runs out of the car and yells, it's him. He's going to kill me. No. That is either because you are a hostage, like a literal gun to your head hostage, or you are in on it. Now, I don't think she was a gun to your head hostage. Wait a second. I'm not saying that she was okay with it. I'm saying two years. Sorry that this is going on. Two years, they've been dating. He's been probably pushy and weird with her and she's gone along with it, right? So she has this level of, he's in control, I do what he says. She comes home and her entire family is murdered. And then he goes, get in the car, we're going to your friends. 
of course she's gonna do it and then in the car he's probably saying to her like oh if we get caught like uh, you know how abusers are like oh babe i love you so much that's what don't make me hit you baby like i only do it because i get mad because i love you so much he's in the car and he's there like i'm doing this all for you i love you so much if we get caught you can say that i did it all i don't want you to go to prison i love you but what reason does he have for blaming her i don't know because he's a dick I think I just disagree. Okay. I don't think we're going to get anywhere with this. No, we're not. Should we just carry on? Um, so, essentially, uh, Fugate always maintained that Starkweather was holding her hostage, but the judge didn't believe this for a second. He said that from the stories that he heard, she would have had many, many chances to escape, and she chose to take none of them. Uh, Starkweather is, cro- is quoted as saying that if he believed, he believed that if he was supposed to be executed, then she should as well. Okay. So that's why he turned on her, because... He seemed to, to truly believe that she was as guilty as him. He's also, a, he sounds like a nut job though. So. Yeah, I mean, true. Um, Starkweather received the death penalty for Robert Jensen, the man who, with his partner, offered mm-hmm. to with Carol King, give him right? a lift. Yeah, as this was the only murder he was tried for, presumably because of the strong evidence for that murder, mm. they knew they could get a conviction. Uh, he was executed by electric chair on June 25th, 1959. Fun fact. Literally the day before my dad was born. Eh. The day before my dad was born. Um, he is buried in Wayaka Cemetery. Wayaka. or Wayuka <laughs> Cemetery, along with five of his victims. Oh. Yeah, in the same cemetery. No, that's not cool. It's pretty messed up. Uh, Fugate received a life sentence in 1958, but was paroled after 17 years in the Nebraska Correctional Center for Women. I'm sorry. As much as I've been, you know, backing her corner, 17 years for being involved in, like, 10-ish murders? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. That, no. You well, don't get parole, bitch. legally speaking, she was only involved in one. You don't get paroled, bitch. I mean, still fair, but yeah. legally speaking, she was technically only convicted of being involved in one. Yeah, but that parole should have been denied because of the circumstances oh, surrounding. for sure. The, yeah, yeah it's a, like, something should have happened. Yeah. Um, so she moved to Michigan where she changed her name and worked as a janitor in a hospital. No. She got remarried and is still alive. No, bitch, if you're listening, hand yourself in and demand to be imprisoned. Oh, Do you, it! You just flipped. Like, oh, no, no, so no. Suddenly. Like, no, I'm just saying I can understand why she might have been involved, but she's still involved. And you know that I'm like hardline about these things. I'm like, you yeah. did it, you fucking pay. I get it, I get it. So I'm pissed that she's out and just living a life like she didn't. She wasn't involved in several yeah. murders. Even if she was manipulated, you, you still did it. Yeah, it's the classic, I was just following orders. Yeah, like, literally. Yeah, you still did it. Yeah. Um. So uh, not a lot of information is known about her now because she understandably like refuses to speak about it. So, that's the story, and this is the last thing. This is why I found this thing so fucking interesting. Now, you might not, because I, I know you're not like a film nerd. Okay. But this murderous couple were the inspiration for the incredible film Natural Born Killers. Now, Natural Born Killers, I'm, I'm guessing by the blank look on your face, <laughs> you don't know what it is. I've, it it's rings totally a fine. bell. It's totally fine. It's like a, it's a, it's a film which is like, it's a contro- it's a really controversial film about a serial killing couple who travel around America killing people and they're massively glorified by the media and they become like celebrity killers. Mate, can we watch this film? Oh, we really should. Um, it's a crazy, weird, like psychedelic cinematography. Can I play Solitaire on my phone while we watch it? Will I you get know annoyed? you will. Um, and it's brutal and I love it. 
Um, like obviously the story is pretty is very different, mm. but the inspiration for this film, due to like the intense media cover primarily, mm. was uh, were Charles Starkweather and Caroline Fugate. It's uh, that's it's pretty awesome, pretty nuts, yeah. Natural Born Killers is an amazing film. It was actually I found out it was originally written by Quentin Tarantino. Really? Yeah, the script, but it was revised. Like he sold the script. This was early on in his career, and mm. he was a screenwriter rather than a director. Mm. And he sold the script to a director. But then they'd made massive edits and it completely changed the film. I bet it would have been way better if they kept it the same and he directed it. Yeah, Tarantino is quoted as saying, I hated that fucking movie. (laughs) Yeah, it was also like super controversial because it apparently inspired like copycat murders. Okay, which Which would be like super interesting to cover. But, oh, we should do an episode on copycat murders. Yeah. But also... Something something that bothers me about copycat murders, right? Like people are saying, like, oh, if you read what is it, the something handbook, the um oh the uh, anarchist cookbook. That's it, yeah. Um, or oh, if you read that, like it, it inspires you to go and blow things up. Or the same reason Catcher in the Rye was banned, the book Catcher in the Rye, because um the guy who killed uh, John Lennon was inspired by that book. I didn't know that. I've read no? Catcher in the Rye as well. I found it really boring. It's really boring. It's just yeah. a whiny teenager calling everyone phonies, wearing a weird hat. But anyway, <laughs> um. Yeah, the thing about copycat killers that pisses me off is it's not the media's fault. Like, it's not the content of these books or these films or whatever. It's the fact that fucked up individuals want to do a thing like a thing that they hear. They can just yeah. hear a st- They can be just, like, taking a shit and listening to the radio and hear about a murder and then decide to yeah. do it. Like, it there's literally- those, there was that massive thing about uh, Grand Theft Auto, how it was inspiring people to, like, commit crimes and kill sex workers and steal cars and mm. things. But, like... I think there was someone who showed if you look at the percentage of people who play Grand Theft Auto and people who have like been like arrested for crimes similar like this, it's like a minuscule amount. Yeah. It's like, like if un- you're going to carjack, fa- oh, it's unbelievable. You're, you're just going to carjack. You're not going to see it in a video game and then want to do it. Yeah. It's those people who think that like it's like it's the same argument when people say smoking weed gives you schizophrenia. And it's like, no, that's not true. Isn't it? No, if you have the genetic predisposition to become schizophrenic, then THC and the chemicals in marijuana can push it further and can potentially make it worse. Although no literal studies have been done into it, it is suspected that it can do that. Mm -hmm. But that's like saying, you know, um, watching flashing lights can kill you. And it's actually, no, 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 that can only happen if you're prone to light-induced seizures. It's like, no, so you can't, you shouldn't just ban flashing lights you know i yeah. mean that's a different conversation but you see but yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah, like, no, I get what you, mean. you know what i mean yeah so that's uh, that's the story and it inspired natural born killers which is an amazing film if anyone hasn't seen it go watch it it's trippy as hell the way it's filmed is so weird unless you're watching solitaire on your phone in which case you won't notice yay he gets so annoyed i love it i just want you to just want you to watch a film i get bored <laughs> anyway so this has been our um anniversary yeah this is, oh yeah i don't yeah. know what that weird a, sla- lip slapping was yeah it's our anniversary episode two whoop couples whoop. yeah and we did that without telling each other you know like just to make it clear we i didn't know you were doing a couple did and you, you didn't know? know i was doing a couple yeah you That's told me good. you were doing two people but i didn't know it was like oh it was like yeah. a group yeah yeah it was like a they were like a literal a couple lethal lovers, lethal lovers. anyway um should i tell them where they can find us yeah go for it the internet yeah, tell them. Um, so we're at Killing It Crime on Twitter and Killing It Crimecast on Instagram. 
and there are links to everything else from those two. Fantastic. If you have any questions or anything you want to say to us, message us on there. Mm. We'll try and respond to you. Uh, yeah, so um, hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.